Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Bread Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. What's on my mind today is governance. Sounds pretty dry, doesn't it? It's right. pretty pretty legal too. But your corporate governance and uh, most of all your board are key tools to the success of your startup. So like everything else you do, building your board with strategic intention sets up your company for future success. But first, speaking of intention... I bet you want to talk about our one-seat challenge. I do. I promised we'd do this every week until it happens. So if you are a speaker in your company, uh, outside in the workplace, um, anywhere at all, whether you are a paid speaker or an unpaid speaker, know that others are making money on your willingness to share your expertise. So you're asking now for, if you will, payment. That's the one-seat challenge. You take the one-seat challenge and say, if I speak here, I want one seat filled by somebody who would ordinarily not have access to this event. 
It could be a student. It could be somebody from another part of your company that just doesn't get asked to these things. It could be a gray hair employee that nobody's thinking about anymore. It could be um, folks from uh, other divisions or departments in your company and so on. What we're looking for is to give people access to an event to learn, network, and become engaged so that they can progress in companies. We hear far too often that the problem in either hiring or promoting people of color, people of different faiths, people of different backgrounds, and so on, is that the pipeline is not full. This is how we fill the pipeline. We get people engaged, we invite them to the event, and we network. So take the one seat challenge and ask that one seat be filled with someone who ordinarily doesn't have access. Okay, so no. let's get with this. What are we going to talk about here? Governance. Uh, governance, a board right. of directors. You know, we've been talking, Jillian, recently on the show about finding mentors and advisors and creating useful boards of advisors. Now, let's turn to directors. I have lots of questions. Okay. And my first question is, at what point in your startup do you need a board of directors? You know, what is the function? And I know it's a really basic question, but let's get a good working definition of a board of directors and their function to set up the conversation. At a recent Seed Camp Academy, uh, Richard Hughes-Jones from Fireworks said this, keeping external investors happy requires a governance structure. I know that doesn't sound intuitive, but it is one of those basic truths. Uh, setting up one is not complicated, and it's a key start for an entrepreneur, um, a CEO, and the founding team. And further, he pointed out how you manage your board will reflect how you manage your business. And I, I have found that to be true many times in my own past. So we talked recently about the basics of how to run an effective board meeting and the uh, back in, in uh, the basics of board meeting episode, which is up on cranberry.fm forward slash CEO coach forward slash shows. Um, but how do you, uh, as an early stage CEO, recruit and retrain, retain the right board to optimize your company's chance of success? You got comments on this, Jillian? I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. So the first thing I'd say is, you know, the, the answer to when do you need a board of directors would be as soon as you possibly can after you decide to open your doors. Um, and uh, I've done this a couple of times. You've done it, and we've we've helped more than 250 companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive, right? And right. as you've done that, um, I think that there is a tendency to say we get around to that later. And certainly I had that tendency. And so, you know, I've often said that this show's been going on now for, well, it's March. So I think it's about eight years now, maybe yep. more. <laughs> right. And it's all the mistakes I ever made. So you don't have to make them. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> right. So, the, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be one of them. I would say, that um, we, we did not uh, think about forming boards, and I certainly didn't think about forming boards really early on. But the sooner you do so, the sooner you get the kind of rigor that focuses you on building a scalable corporation or even a solid lifestyle corporation. So um, it's the rigor of the development of business that boards help you with, right? There's the idea stuff, the wizard stuff. That's the brilliant idea. We're going to go build one of these because there's a big hole in the market and away we go. 
the board of directors is part of that second half of that coin that we so often talk about, the executive portion. And it helps you to execute, as you pointed out, Anne, in strategic ways. So I would say the first thought is that a board of directors should be formed, one, as soon as you possibly can get around to it. And what you should do is fill your board of directors with people who can help you get to the next stage. So the composition of your board will change over time. That's an interesting idea, too. The first person you put on your board will not be the last person, and they will move on. Board of directors do not, or directors on a board of directors do not serve forever. And that's something I think people don't think about often enough. Indeed. So who would be the first, you, you say that you, you have a, it, the board makeup should be somewhat fluid depending on the needs of the company. So Correct. who would be the first critical pick? Say you have a startup that maybe is uh, uh, actually making some revenue, producing um, a service or a product, uh, but has a very limited board. What okay. the, should they be looking for? I, I would say form it even before you're bringing in revenue, while you are formulating your uh, minimum viable product, whatever that might be. Um, in that case, you want some advisors around the technology, but you may even want somebody at your board of directors who can get you to the next level. In the beginning, everything is about development and growth. So the first thing you want to think about, again, it's a strategic thought, right? I have a company. What do I want to do? I want to grow it. How do you want to grow it? Well, I want to build my product and I want to make it wonderful and, and perfect and so on. All right, you're going to need some advisors, people who have been in this space before. Go tap some brilliant brains. The next thing you want to say is, I want to grow my company. That means I'm going to need some customers. Who can help me get my first customers? Who can help me get the first customers before I'm even selling them something to come on in here and help me make that product better? Um, who will tell me what they need and what they're willing to pay for it? Who will help me with that kind of stuff? Sometimes it's an advisor, and sometimes you're actually putting somebody on in board who has, if you will, um, deep ties in a specific vertical that will help you make those specific sales in the next iteration, right? Once you've built it, now it's time to sell it. So those kinds of folks are in your first space. They follow your strategic requirement. The second stage is, okay, we've launched something and we're selling something and we still need to grow. So maybe your board of directors, again, has if you will, deep ties into a specific vertical that you want to broach. Maybe it's somebody who has had um, deep experience in international expansion because you're going to do that really early and you want to hold somebody's hand while you're doing that. Uh, someone who can introduce you to companies that will expand your business into Europe or into Asia. Someone who can um, connect you and bring you through uh, uh, legal issues of, of transporting product and so on. All of these things if you will, are the next stage of whatever you're doing. Uh, and even furthermore, uh, as you grow, the first you know, thoughts you have around these things are usually around raising capital. If you've got a really big name on your board, somebody at Expedia thinks your travel company is hot and that somebody at Expedia is not a middle-level manager but maybe the CEO or ex-CEO of Expedia, um, if you have somebody, you know, on your board from big name companies that are or were and, you know, so in other words, they could be current or formal senior level uh, folks at major corporations who were perhaps um, phase one of what you're building phase two of, right? That kind of name brand uh, brings great power to your company. 
So those are the thoughts around how you should be thinking about who goes on your board of your company. Well, I mentioned the fundraising because I've heard that cry from our startup CEOs over and over again about raising money seems to be their real top of mind issue. And I'm glad you mentioned it third, because it not necessarily, I want to come back to that after the break and talk a little bit more about the whole point about getting people on your board and investors and that sort of thing. But right now we've got to take a break for our sponsors. So this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to Rockstar level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we are talking today about your board of directors, why and when you need one, and how to select the directors. Jillian, before the break, uh, you mentioned three uh stages. One was a technical advisor as you're developing the product or service. The second was more focused on markets. Uh, What kind of directors could help you gain access and guide you to the markets, especially if they were international markets. And the third one was raising capital. And the reason I want to come back to that one is it seems to me over and over again, what we see on boards are investors. And do investors always expect a seat on the board? Oh, yes, absolutely. Every single one of them. Um, And they don't all get it. (laughs) So that's the important thing, too. That was Uh, my next question is, should they all get it? And you said they don't all get it. How do you negotiate that bit? Say somebody's (laughs) given your company, I don't know, $250,000 that you desperately need. And they say, we want a seat on the board, you know, and never mind how many, how much uh, how much percentage they want, you know, which is a whole different issue of your cap table. But what they say, we want a seat on the board. What do you do? Um, well, it depends at what stage they're giving you 250000 If you desperately need it, that's number one. That says to me, it's a large amount of money at a time when you don't have any. So it's very early stage. 
And if they do that, they certainly get a seat on the board because it sounds to me like your prime investor. So that's an important issue. You, you, at any stage, representation of your investors on the board and your investors want representation. So the first one you choose is the prime investor of a group of angels, right? Everybody's putting in 25 or 50,000. This guy's putting in 250. He gets a seat on the board. Okay. The next round, you take a look at the venture capital, right? And at this point, it could be even seed venture. So it's maybe a couple of million in there. And that's fine. Well, that's when she gets a seat on the board. Whoever that company was sends their emissary. And that would be the major contact at that uh, venture capital. Who was it who shepherded you in and promoted your company and so on? She gets a seat on that board. Okay. Once you, you're done with that, then you get you know the guys who are putting in the 10 and 20 and 30 million. Could be the same venture capital company. Could be somebody else. They know enough at this stage of the game, uh, you know, at the venture capital stage of the game, uh, to kind of seed the seat to the next investor. All investors really want is representation on the board. Is what the management doing? suitable for the best interests of the investors themselves. And that's what they're looking for. So you'll get asked, and most of the time it's going to be a yes, because people aren't really that unreasonable. People who write $10,000 checks don't generally say, oh, and I have to sit on your board. Otherwise, you just smile gently and say, um, you know, the board will be, you know, the investors will be represented, um, and our prime investor is so-and-so. Would you like me to put you in touch with them? Um, so that's fine. They'll learn. But um, you know, once you get larger, uh, it does flow appropriately there. Now, the question is, does your venture capitalist want, uh, you know, venture capital company want one seat, two seats, three seats on your board? That kind of depends on the size of your board and the strength and power that they'd like to wield. You want to make sure that in most instances, you are going to maintain control of your board. And that's the killer piece. So if you have six people on your board and everybody has a vote, well, you could have a three and three split. You might want to consider only having odd numbers on that board and having you be the deciding vote. So when you figure that out, it has to do about the strength of the vote. You could have it so that everyone has one vote. You could have it so that everybody is voting their shares. And generally, both take place. You will have one vote when you're sitting on the board of directors doing board of directors work. But when there are certain um, events that trigger a requirement for a per share vote, then everybody has to do it, right? Or it has to be given the opportunity. So like any other vote, you might not have everybody weighing in. Um, and at that point, if you have the lion's share of the stock in your own company, you still have, uh, you know, again, that deciding vote, if you will. Over time, as boards get bigger and companies get much larger and the shares uh, kind of settle out so that the owners don't necessarily have more than half, that sort of thing, or, or even so much they can sway anything, then you start you know, having negotiation you know, discussions with people when you want to get something uh, you know, passed by the board level. That's when you hit you know, Boeing size and that sort of thing. Uh, but it can happen even sooner than that, of course. So... Thinking about your board, you want to say an investor does get a seat at the table and that investor's job is to represent all investors. Is the company doing what's best for its investment um, you know, community there, the people who are giving the finances? Then the next thing is you're going to want to have a senior management representation and that would be yourself and perhaps your COO or something like that so that 
two of the senior management are on there, and now you have a board of three. It's not a bad start. You can just start with that many. Just your kind of major investor. If it's smart money, somebody who's done this before, um, has experience in helping early stage companies to grow and so on, will give you insights and wisdom on what's coming down the pike and how you prepare your company for it. That's a good start. As you get larger, you're going to want more people on that board. And that's when you get into things like, well, we want to breach these strategic markets. Maybe we should get somebody who's a monster name there. Or we're going to want to raise that 10 and 20 million, so on. Maybe we want somebody, I don't know, from Andreas and Har- um, you know, Horowitz or whatever. Uh, maybe we want somebody from uh, not just another VC company to be on our um, board of directors, because that's not very common, uh, but perhaps somebody with a really big name, such as that thing where I say, well, the CEO or the former CEO at Expedia is a great person to have on a startup travel company, right? Because then you say, wow. Somebody monster in that industry really thinks these guys are the next big thing. Let's go listen to them. It gets you indoors and it gets you more connections than you would have had before. So those are the kinds of things you look for second. Yeah, I'm reminded of of some of my own experience with, um, for instance, Helium, where the private equity firm Signature Capital that that launched it um, provided uh, one board member, Bill Turner, who was the chairman of the board, and his role was uh, extremely um, advisory, you know, as as he helped them build the company. And that was actually something he was known for in his career when he'd go into a company. Um, so he had a, you, you talked earlier about developing rigor. He had a way of not just developing um, and also the kind of context you were talking about, about what's coming down the pike and how we do this uh, and what to look for, because it was a first time startup for uh, the CEO. And that kind of um, advisory role was essential. So that brings me to my next question. It's very possible uh, that uh, a startup will have a board of advisors before a board of directors. Do advisors segue over into becoming directors? Do they make good directors? Is this a case-by-case basis? What are your thoughts on that? It's it's a case by case basis. Um, I have only one. No, I have I guess several instances where I began as a board of advisor member and moved to the board of directors. Um, so sometimes that can happen, and it's sometimes you don't form the board of directors, but you use your advisory board as your board of directors, if you will, um, and you do that mostly because DNO insurance is an expense, and maybe you're so early stage that you really don't want to do it, but you do want to get your board together. So uh, we did that in one of our companies just recently, Anne, uh, where we kind of all served as advisors uh, simply because we did not want to take the fiduciary responsibility that comes with being a member of a board of directors. Remember, once you have a director, you are a director. What that company does comes back to, you know, sit on your shoulders. So um, in that case, you need uh, directors and officers insurance. And that can be, you know, a few thousand a year, I think, for even the earliest stage, it was like five or six. Um, but before we take a break here again, and I want to refer to this article from SeedCamp, this governance for startups and how to manage a uh, board of directors. I thought it was a very good article. And it said the functions of an early stage board are to begin sparring partner, 
ratification of key strategic decisions. That's a really important thing. So some of that's kind of advisory, yeah? You spar back and forth and you say, is this the way to go? It's simply a sounding board for yourself. You don't want to do this alone. Even if there's a group of you and there's three of you, if you're new at this, even if you're not new at this, you want an outside set of eyes and ears to spar with, to talk to and have as a sounding board. Some outside uh, you know, perspective. The second one is reviewing your financial and operational performance. You're chunking along and you're getting reports and you're probably seeing stuff daily and reporting it weekly and looking at it monthly and so on. Again, an outside says, wait a minute, you're not even seeing the pattern here. Take a look at this. Take a look at that sector. See where you are beginning to make money. Wait a minute. You're spending way too much money on this. There are better ways to do it, right? When you're in the weeds, hard to see the trees. So what we're seeing is a pattern here, right? It's outside eyes is what this list is really about. Then it says it's mentorship. And again, it sounds more like advisory than board of directors necessarily. So you can see how you can have it called one or the other, but that is the function of the very earliest stage board member. And then there's planning and dealing with extraordinary events, extraordinary events, uh, M&A, fundraising, crisis, things like that. If they have something that, um, if, if you have something that goes on that requires a um, significant input of, uh, you know, experience, if you will, that's when they can come to the table. Perhaps, for example, your company will be, um, you know, having an early offer for sale, those kinds of things. Certainly, lots of early stage companies are going to be fundraising. And any crisis that comes up, again, you want that experienced outside set of eyes and ears. And then finally, providing introductions, network effects, etc. So again, the earliest stage folks, if they have connections in places where you need to be, that would be brilliant. And certainly you'll be wanting to look for that at the next stage of your board of directors. So with that, Anne, I think we need to take another break. We do. And we'll be right back with more from CEO Coach about your board of directors. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we are talking about setting up your board of directors uh, and the requirements and the difference between a board of directors and a board of advisors. And I want to go back to one point you made before the break, Jillian, uh, that the uh, switching from a board of advisors to a board of directors ha- implies, incurs all sorts of um, legal fiduciary responsibilities, which means right. that at that point you will need to get directors and officers insurance, which can be costly. And for this reason, a startup may want to stay with advisors uh, before they move into uh, a, a board of directors. There, there are um, very uh, firm uh, legal uh, ramifications to uh, setting to becoming a director, and I think that it may be kind of easy for some uh, startup entrepreneurs to kind of overlook that, you know, and say, oh, well, we've got a board of directors. And I know that I, neither you nor I would like to serve on a board of directors without DNO insurance. Actually, I, I would not. That's, um, yeah, it's, it's simply not financially uh, possible, if you will, for the individual to do so, uh, because again, whatever that company does comes to rest on the shoulders of the directors, which means that they are financially responsible for things. You cannot do that um, because in the end, your, your board of directors doesn't really have full control over everything. And, uh, and they just can't take the financial risk. Yeah. So, so authority I, with, without full control is always a, a kind of a scary place to be because things can come back to bite you. That's right. And sometimes it's not even nefarious. It simply happens. So yes. again, uh, the financial risk to your uh, advisors, excuse me, to your directors uh, has to be acknowledged and you have to have the DNO insurance. I don't know of any folks who will serve on a board of directors without it. Um, so the, uh, the thing I'm really suggesting, as you say, uh, is to form a board as early as possible. You can use uh, the term advisors for the very earliest stage as soon as you possibly can form it as a board of directors. This is an indication to the uh, investors who come next, uh, you know, to, uh, seed capital, uh, rounds and, and venture rounds and so on that you're serious about what you're doing. So the sooner, the better. And then the question really is, before we wrap up today, is how do you build that board, right? Where do you find these things? And I would say, write a job spec. And this uh, seat camp article suggests the same. So there's some validation there, right? The question is, what expertise are you looking for now? Operations, marketing, sales, um, uh, international expansion. I mean, what do you need now? is the question. So at the earliest stages, it really is, as we said, very much advisory, right? That's number one. Um, number two, I thought in this list that uh, Camp uh, gives us is very good as well. It says to ensure that there is a rapport, a shared vision for the business. If you choose people who look at your business and think you're on the wrong track, that probably isn't going to bring you what you need. It's not that you don't want, you know, you don't want yes people, you don't want no dissent, but you do want a general shared vision for where this can go. So if somebody sees the possibility as you see the possibility for your company and they have ideas and things like, uh, you know, connections and so on that can help you get there, those are the people you want. There has to be a good personal rapport. 
Um, and what personal value will the board bring a board member bring to you is this third question. So it's kind of connected to number two. It says now to write a long list of potential candidates and then start filtering them. Many people don't do that. They just kind of take whoever asks or offers or they bump into somebody, whatever. I think this, again, puts rigor around the process. If you could have anybody on your board today, who would you want it to be? Yep. Would you like it to be the former president of the United States? Do you want it to be somebody, uh, I don't know, do you want Branson on your board, somebody who, you know, created the, the Virgin Company, so many different ones? And so what is it that you need? Right. And then start saying, OK, that's who I would want. Who can I get? Yep. And then we didn't even talk about board compensation. Maybe that's an issue for another. <laughs> yeah, sadly, <laughs> I would say that in, in two seconds on board compensation is generally at the earliest stages. There isn't financial compensation, so you needn't worry about that. But a small piece of equity is appropriate. And there are many places around the Web that will give you information about that. We can run another show about boards, and we'll include compensation then. And uh, also about uh, building a good cap table, which is kind of what we're talking about when you talk about giving away shares, you know, how, how to do that. So that will be an upcoming episode of CEO Coach. That's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. And you'll find links and more on facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.